0: When the majority of the country is freezing, hopefully the SBI show warms you up with some MLS hot stove talk. I'm Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarcep. What's up,
1: buddy? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, freezing right now a little bit. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like a meat locker uh, in my office because it's a little chilly. Got to turn the heat up a bit. Meanwhile, I know you're uh, sunning yourself over there in uh, Arizona.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm working on my tan right now. It's like 70 degrees out. I almost wore shorts today just because, you know, but I was like, oh, it's I was like it's 70 degrees.
1: It's a little cold. I should put pants on. (laughs) <laughs> There's not enough sun in Arizona to get you a tan, my man. I do. We all know we we all know you're ginger, so it's not going to work out.
0: Oh, I know. I burn in like three seconds. I, when I cover games, I have to wear like a popped collar, a hat, and sunglasses. Because I mean, let's face it, I I
1: cook like a lobster in like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, good thing you're not coming to the combine, man. Because uh, gen- generally speaking, uh, the MLS combine is nice and sunny. Uh, you know, we're we're all chilling out there in in South Florida for a few days. There was only one year uh i want to say three four years ago where the combine was cold and rainy it was awful uh but just looking at the weather forecast it's nice and sunny down there and looking mm-hmm. forward to it uh the combine is always a always a good event it's always a good experience because uh you, you have coaches and gms uh from all the uh all the teams there obviously they watch the games and uh mls officials are there so it's one of the uh, there's basically three events a year where you, you can get t- uh you know all the teams people together uh you know, well, four, I guess. The combine, the draft, All Star, and MLS Cup, and even All Star and MLS Cup, you don't always have everybody around. But for the MLS Combine, you're going to have you know all the teams represented, so it's a, it should be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: You know, plus you're going to be down there, so you are to be providing excellent MLS Combine coverage.
1: Yes, we will be there. We're going we're to have a SBI is going to have four people there. Uh, obviously, Franco Panizo, our our lead writer, is going to be down there. He's Lives in Florida in the MLS offseason, so he'll be there, and then we're gonna have a few other writers there as well. So uh, we'll be covering it top to bottom. Uh, we'll be at all the matches. We'll be providing live commentary on the action. I'm not sure what MLS is is doing this year as far as their, you know, live streaming. Uh, it's been a bit. It's been a been a bit hit or miss for them with the live streams that they've provided in the past. Hopefully they do it because you know, it's a, it, obviously it's you're not gonna get um, you know thousands and millions of people watching the live streams but the diehards will watch it and uh and you know what if there isn't one we'll, we'll be there anyway sbi will be there providing detailed coverage of it all uh you when you're down there you need to
0: convince someone that you and i need to do the draft like i could be chris berman you could be mel kuiper you know taylor twelman could be you know uh, who's the other guy <laughs> who's, who's the I other young guy todd mcshay st- that's what you right, should do right.
1: Uh, I, I don't know man. That's a tough one. Uh, ESPN's kind of down on the MLS draft, I think. So I'm not even sure how much they're going to cover it to be honest with you. But uh no, it's a good event uh usually is and, and as we've said, you know, this year's draft lacks a bit of the star power of past drafts, but I actually think it's a pretty deep draft in terms of uh, you know, roster players who can make rosters. So uh, you know, the the combines really important uh for for these for these players because as unfair as it is, you can definitely hurt or help your your draft stock mm-hmm. at the combine. I mean, the going into the in past drafts, you've had past combines, you've had players who you know it, everyone kind of knew. Okay, this guy's a top guy, top three guy. Um, so it, it'd be tough to, for them to hurt their stock. But this year, I, you know, I think everyone has something on the line. And as unfair as that as unfair as that is, it, it, it you know that's that's how it goes. Uh, you know, some teams uh, definitely put some weight on the combine. Not everybody does. I think more and more teams are doing a better job of of scouting the college game mm-hmm. throughout the year. So you know, not everyone's going to put a ton of weight on the combine, uh, and that's kind of really the way it should go. I think it, it helps answer some questions on some players that maybe you haven't seen. And I, and for me, I think one of the big things about the combine it, it allows players from smaller uh, conferences Mm -hmm. to, to show what they can do against higher level competition. Because it's one thing, you know, if you're scoring 15 goals, 20 goals, uh, in a smaller conference against weaker competition, uh, and then you're going up against, you know, a who's who of the top college players, especially like when you talk talk about forwards or playmakers and all of a sudden you're going, going up against, uh, you know, center backs that are significantly better than, better than any you've faced during the year. So, uh, there definitely is a lot of value to the combine still.
0: Oh, and, and you were saying, Ivis, I mean, for this draft, if you're looking for center back help, th- this is the draft. And, and as everyone has read in the title, Ivis and I had Patrick Mullins join us. Uh, he just finished up uh, his, his degree, four years at Maryland. Ivis hasn't projected as one of the top guys in the upcoming draft, so we'll we interview him in a little bit. But, Ivis, we've we got to take a break on all this college talk. We can talk about it when you're in Florida enjoying the warm weather. We could talk about warm weather things, too. It'll be great. we got to go over to the MLS hot still. we got to keep everyone warm. The biggest news coming out was Camilo of the Vancouver Whitecaps. Whitecaps saying he's not leaving. This Mexican side has said that they have signed him. What is going on with this situation, Ivis?
1: It's a mess. It's a mess. And uh, well, just to clarify, uh, Querétaro, which is the team in Mexico, uh, did not formally announce that they had signed him. And and uh, basically what it, what it boiled down to is that their official website had pictures of him in a uniform. He had taken the medical... And they did put on their Twitter that he was joining the team. Now, uh, it looks like MLS and and the Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, you know, sent some lawyers down there or contacted them and let them know, listen, this guy's got a contract. He's got a year left. He is not going anywhere. You cannot, you know, claim to have him because you don't have him. And then before you know it, the team is, uh, you know, the Mexican team is backing off of everything. The tweets uh, showing the pictures of, of of Camilo disappeared, so it looks like it's all been cleaned up. And and basically, what it looks like is, at least on the surface, and and based on comments made by Vancouver, is that Camilo's agent uh, was a little over aggressive trying to get him to Mexico and and sold Camilo on, on this you know bill of goods that he could get him out of his deal in MLS and get him into Mexico. And and it, apparently he you know they didn't do it the right way or. Uh, it, nothing was done. So wh- whether the Mexican team was was misled or 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 maybe they just made a mistake, no deal went down. Camilo is not signed to play for any Mexican team. And where it's a little sketchy is the the team in question, Querétaro, is the same team that had claimed to sign De- Demarcus Beasley. Yeah, you know they announced it that he was a new player for them. Uh, and and then the same day that they did that, uh, Beasley's agent went on Twitter and pretty much was like, you know, don't believe everything you read. The deal is not done. And what do you know? A few days later, it, whatever deal was being discussed broke down. Beasley never went to Queretaro. He's at Puebla still. He's starting for Puebla. He started in their first match of the Clausura. So you know what? If, if you make, if if one of those if you make one of those mistakes, it's like whatever. You can write it off to miscommunication. But now we've had it happen twice, and and you got to start. You know, questioning what exactly this club is doing, right? It's a complete joke uh, to have a team make that kind of mistake twice in a short time span. So I know a lot of people are ripping on MLS about Camilo and and, and losing the, the league's golden boot winner. But you know what? The league didn't do anything wrong here. He, he's under contract and he just tried this completely ridiculous move. So, uh, you know, I think people should probably take it easy. Ripping on MLS for what is a mess that they didn't make.
0: Yeah, the uh, uh president Aldofo Rios even said that that he was under the impression that that Camilo was was a free agent. But if you're a Vancouver Whitecap White Whitecaps fan, I did it again. I was uh, Whitecaps fan, and you're part of the front office. Are, are you a little worried that maybe something like this could happen again? The
1: agent forcing a move. Well, I think the one question is, can he go back to Vancouver? I mean, this is a real ugly situation. For a player to wear another team's uniform as if he's joined that team when no deal has been made is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's a joke. It's disrespectful. There's no other way to say it. It's not overreacting to say that he embarrassed the club and he embarrassed himself by doing that. And I mean, as a professional athlete, you have to know what's going on. You you know what? And and it looks it looks like he, he he relied too much. He trusted too much in this agent. Uh, this agency, whatever you know, an agency that has no other MLS players, mind you, an agency that 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 specializes in Brazilian players, mm-hmm. and they misled him. And now, if you're the Whitecaps, you know, obviously you have him under contract. He's your leading scorer, but now that you've got this embarrassing scene. And do you bring him back, or do you sell him? And uh, it's a tough one. And I, I gotta I gotta wonder how Whitecaps fa- fans feel about that. Do they want him back? Would they take him back? So that that one's a, that one's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, uh, if he stays
0: in Major League Soccer, what do you, what what team do you think would be the best fit for him?
1: Well, that's, I don't know. You got me on that one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But he doesn't want to be an MLS. It's not a Vancouver thing. He wants to get paid. I'm sure. I'm sure the Mexican club offered him a ton of money. If they thought he was a free agent, they absolutely must have offered him a ton of money. So. He is he he's not gonna get a designated player deal uh, out of this. He's definitely not. He's definitely not. So I don't think I don't I don't think he goes anywhere in MLS. I think either he stays, which would be a little awkward, or they sell him. And with a year left on his deal, it's like you know, you know what you might as well. You know he's not coming back in 2015. He's gonna give you one more year tops. You're gonna have a sulking player, unhappy player, a bitter player. And a player who's already embarrassed your team and the league and the fans, I say sell him. Don't give him away. Don't cut him loose. Don't just rip up his contract. Don't give him what he wants. But you make a team pay. If Gareth don't want some, make him pay. Ivys, moving over to some other MLS news
0: that kind of has a little bit of a twist with this Vancouver Whitecaps thing. That's Oscar Breja and the Colorado Rapids. On Saturday morning, you broke the news that he was leaving the club, possibly joining FC Dallas. Here we are Tuesday. No news has come out. What's going on?
1: Uh, there's no news yet since the since my report, Colorado's been quiet. Basically, what's being worked on is a, a deal to get Pareja to FC Dallas. FC Dallas and or Pareja together have to figure out a way to pay the buyout for for Pareja's contract. He has a year, he had a year left on his contract. The Rapids are not going to just let him walk away. He did tender his resignation. He 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 submitted his letter of resignation. Now, anybody that, you know, when you follow these kinds of things like resignations and the like, whether it's as a professional coach or, in, in, you know, anything else, if you have a contract, you know, uh, someone doesn't have to accept your letter of resignation, especially if there are other circumstances at play. So based on this delay, you have to wonder if, you know, the Rapids are pretty much not going to let him go until it's been worked out where, you know, where he will go next, because obviously he, he, he resigned. Because he wants to go to FC Dallas, that's clear. But there's a contract and there's a buyout clause that someone has to meet. And you know, it it was clear that FC Dallas didn't want to pay whatever the the, you know the 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 amount was, which you know there there are rumors of a draft pick and a a certain dollar amount. And you know, Dallas didn't pay that, so now it's being now the teams are the teams have to figure this out, and they have to figure it out pretty quickly uh, because you know the clock's ticking. The MLS Combine starts on Friday. The MLS Drafts on next Thursday, a mm. week from uh, a week from this Thursday. So it all needs to be worked out. And if you're a Colorado team, if you're Colorado, you you you, you don't have a coach at this point. I mean, even though he technically has not, uh, you know, officially been, uh, he's not officially gone yet. But you don't have a coach. You need to move on, get the next coach, bring him in, get him in place. And and but that's being delayed. All that's being held up right now. And uh, it's a waiting game. And for me, I would imagine it's going to get done this week. Uh, it's got it has to be it has to be because it, it has to be for FC Dallas it has to be for Preha. And obviously, it has to be for Colorado, because, you know, if you're the Rapids, you have to pretty much wait till Preha out at the door before you can, uh, you know, bring in the next guy. And obviously, I reported that Robin Frazier uh, and uh, John Spencer are two of the leading can the two leading candidates for the job. Uh, so, you know, and, and that's, it's kind of a domino effect because Robin Fraser, as we all know, is the lead assistant with the New York Red Bulls. Uh, so if he leaves, then if you're the Red Bulls, boom, you find yourself needing an assistant coach. So, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of pieces here, a lot of moving parts. So, uh, you'd like to think it all gets resolved. And then there's another move. I actually reported tonight. I, I put it out on Twitter, um, that Wilmer Cabrera, the Colorado Rapids assistant coach, is in line to become the head coach of Chivas USA. And that could go down this week. Uh, they're closing in on it. They're finalizing it. It should get done this week. So, uh, you know, it's another big blow for Colorado because I know some Rapids fans who who thought Cabrera could be the replacement. They thought he could, you know, step in. He was with the team. It gives us some continuity. But, nope, that doesn't look like it's happening. Uh, barring some weirdness from Chivas USA, uh, it looks like that's going to be their guy. So... All this is – it's like, like I said, it's all these dominoes. And, you know, hopefully they all fall by Friday because it's going to be a little weird if we're sitting at the combine mm-hmm. and Oscar Perea is there as a the Rapids coach. I doubt that's going to happen because I know he attended some local Rapids combine on Monday with the with the Rapids staff, which had to be a little weird. Um, uh, that That's what was being reported out of Colorado. Now, Tuesday, he's, he's been a little more MIA. Uh I can't imagine he's going to be down in Florida as a Rapids re- representative. So hopefully they get it done because a lot of teams, it affects a lot of different teams.
0: Oh, uh, Colorado hasn't been quiet, Ivis. They, they made a trade on Tuesday sending Atiba Harris to San Jose for Marvin Chavez. What, what do you make of this trade?
1: Well, I'm sure everyone around the league, when they when they heard about this trade, they had to get a little chuckle out of the idea of Atiba Harris going to the San Jose Earthquakes. Harris has a bit of a reputation. is is a chippy player, as a dirty player, unfair, uh, fair or not. That's the reputation. I mean, he he's he, you know I think he's one of the career leaders in fouls. He, he's he he gets in, yeah. He gets stuck in. He's he, he he's a hard tackler. And now he's joining a San Jose Earthquakes team that is you know I'd say the if you took a vote around the league, San Jose would probably be the consensus dirtiest team in the league. That's just a, that's that's the perception, right? That's I mean you see the games. You know you watch you watch you know the way they play and the like, so that one seems like a bit of a match made in heaven uh for me, I'd say Marvin Chavez you know obviously he had a he didn't have a great year last year, but you know what he goes to Colorado, tons of talent on that team now they add a little a little bit more quality on the wing if he can bounce back and it's a World cup year, Honduras is in the world cup, you know he wants to be there, so i think uh you know I think he has all he has all the uh motivation to to have a bounce back year.
0: And Ivis, this past week, two college players have signed homegrown contracts: Jordan Allen with Real Salt Lake and Jalen Robinson with DC United. It's nice to see the academy system working out, Ivis.
1: Settle down. <laughs> I know. Do you like well, that? Do you like
0: that? Gee, willikers, go academy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. This message was brought to you by Aaron Clevenger's employers. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, you know, these are two, obviously, some two quality college players uh, that are now joining the pro ranks. Um, Jordan Allen, uh, you could, why don't you tell us about Jordan Allen? You're familiar, so why don't you give us a breakdown?
0: You know, I got hired after Jordan left, so I never saw Jordan play, so I I really can't give a breakdown, man. But I will say he's a midfielder. He won, uh, uh, he was named to uh, West Coast Best 11 when he was here, as uh, when he played for the U16 Academy, was also a player of the year. And uh, many player, many people haven't projected as an outside back for uh, for Real Salt Lake.
1: Right, he projects a bit as a right back. Yeah, um, a lot of skill. Uh, I I read somebody say that they think he'll he'll get minutes this year. I, I I doubt that absolutely highly. I think he's young. I think he needs some developing. I think he'll be brought along, whether it's alone the USL Pro team or what. But I, you know, getting minutes on a on this RSL team, that's a little ambitious. Uh, as far as Jalen Robinson for DC United, another. Another good move for them, good step. Robinson's a, a, a pretty accomplished defender out of Wake Forest. Played center back in Wake Forest, but he's he's probably projecting more as a right back uh, in on the next level. So there you go, you know, provide some depth uh, for Sean Franklin. Maybe he can play at left back as well. And it's interesting because, they, you know, D.C. United, they're sitting on that number one pick, uh, and now they've added another young player to a team that has plenty of young talent. You know, when you look at that squad, so it makes you wonder that much more, Do they? does D.C. United keep the pick, or do they take one of these uh, one of these seniors, which is what, what's kind of been uh, the buzz going around that, that D.C. United's leaning towards either a Steve Birnbaum, who, as far as I know, has yet to sign an MLS deal, or Patrick Mullins. Well, Ivis, speaking of Patrick Mullins, you've talked about D.C. trading out of
0: that spot, maybe drafting him. Uh, Patrick, later in the draft, he just wrapped up a fabulous career at Maryland, Ivis, where he was... Arguably, the last two years, probably the best college player in the nation.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, any, anyone who followed the college game, he was a class player. La, you know, last year it was arguable. This year, I, I really don't think it was, you could argue it. I, I mean, you could make a case for Harrison Ship. Uh, obviously, you know, and Notre Dame won the national title. Ship had an amazing year, but, you know, really, Mullins really carried Maryland this year, uh, put him on his back, and, and really, it took him to the final and he's a quality player but as we've said over and over as i've said over and over scouts are still a little up in the air about how he's going to transition to the pros and how will he be able to make the same impact in the pros so it it's i'm very interested to see where he goes in this draft because you know there is a small chance he could be the number 1 pick but if he does not go number 1 in dc you know he could he could fall to like 5 or 6 you know i, I think that's not i don't think that's unrealistic i know some people I just refuse to believe he won't be the number one pick, but it is not by any means that that cut and dry yet. Well, speaking of Patrick Mullins, the
0: 2013 Herman Award winner, former Maryland senior, and one of Major League Soccer's most recent signings is on the phone with us. Patrick, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Good, man. It's a pleasure having you on. I mean, you just wrapped up an outstanding college career. You're heading into the MLS draft, which is just over a week away. and You're also going to the Combine. I mean, you had to be really excited at the next week i mean what are you looking forward to the most
2: i think just getting down into the combine i mean it's really a college soccer Star camp for over a couple of days where you get to play three games with the best players at that level and that's very exciting for me i've been training the past two three weeks since the end of the season just eager to get down there and get started playing
1: what, what uh what have you heard about the combine uh obviously it, it, it's a little weird setup in the sense that you have all these players who most of which most of them haven't really been playing a lot haven't played with each other then you get all th- you all get thrown together for 4 or 5 days in front of a uh, you know hordes of coaches uh, what, what have you heard about it and and how are you going about preparing for it
2: yeah i've heard you know it's it's kind of an interesting situation that most players haven't dealt with before but i think it's it's one that i've talked to some of the other guys down there and we're all excited for i think the main thing we want to do is get to know each other as quickly as we can whether it's off the field and Hopefully, they will translate on the field with how you play. Because that's really the big thing when you're playing with some new players for the first time. It's are you really going to gel quickly, and are you going to click? And I think if we do a good job of getting to know each other, then that should happen pretty quickly. Now, just going through the recent history of the combine, you know, you
1: had, there's been some players who, who had bad combines and it didn't really matter. Like, like one player comes to mind, another Maryland uh, alum, uh, Omar Gonzalez. I can remember his first combine day being pretty rough. Uh, mm-hmm. See, it didn't really affect him too much. He, uh, he, ended, he ended up going on, and he's having an amazing career. Right. So, um, I want to ask you just about going back uh, for your senior year. I, I know after your junior year, you were offered a Generation Adidas contract, uh, That's right. and you turned it down uh, to return to come back, try to win that title. Uh, what, what what kind of take me back to that decision? And and how happy are you that you made that decision?
2: Well, first and foremost, I'm extremely happy that I made that decision. I think I uh, have zero regret as far as that's concerned, and obviously I wanted to come back and have another run as a national title, but the main reason I came back was I wanted to finish out my degree. I had two semesters left, and I finished out my degree, and that was huge for me. I was so close, and it was very important to me and was a big factor in coming back, but like you said, it was a great another opportunity for another chance to a national championship, and although I came a little short, I'm real proud of the season we had, and I don't have any regret coming back whatsoever.
0: Maryland, it's been a historic program with all the players that have made it to the next level, and recently we've seen an influx of players, you know, guys that you have played with. Can you talk a little bit about that atmosphere at Maryland, how it seems like everyone goes there with the intention of making it to the next level, as it's, uh, of course, that's what you're doing here.
2: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Every guy that steps into the locker room, they have ambitions to play professional soccer, and I think that's it a very special place. The players, they take personal responsibility to make it as professional as possible. Every day you come in, you're on time, you're making sure you're doing all the things to make sure you're putting in your best on the field. And I think that makes the practices in every day as professional as an environment as I think you're going to get anywhere in the country. And obviously, Sash is a great coach, and he gives us every opportunity we possibly can. And that's been great for us as a program.
1: Now, as far as you personally, you've had an uh, amazing career, and especially the past two years, you were pretty much the best player in the college game the past two years. Uh, but now having said that, you're speaking to uh, coaches and GMs and scouts from MLS. It seems like the jury's still out a bit as far as what kind of impact you're going to make on that next level. Uh, does that surprise you a bit? And, and, and what do you think you need to work on to, to kind of make, it, make that jump a successful one?
2: No, I don't think that surprises me too much, obviously. I think that's how it goes with a lot of players as far as, you know, you haven't been at that level yet, so it's kind of there's some risk and uncertainty that, and I think that's perfectly normal for everybody, but I, I do think I've got the skill set and mentality to succeed at the next level and contribute wherever I end up, but uh, like you said, I think there's always some things that I need to work on and get better, at, and some of the things I would, I would say is probably, you know, making sure that I'm in the team shape defensively. I think there's some times I could probably work a little bit better on that. And I improved on that a lot in my college career, but I still think it's something, as you know, you get to higher levels in the game, that's even more important to become real sharp and crisp at. And that's something I've been concentrating on, and I want to keep getting back better at every day.
0: Well, Patrick, you are a player who's just as deadly out wide as you are up top. Going forward, is there a position that you prefer over the other one?
2: No, definitely not. I think depending on the flow of the game, I I enjoy sometimes drifting out wide left. I think I can make some things happen and put in some good early crosses or put players into the game that I I can't do from up top sometimes. But then other times it calls to be up top, and I think I have a pretty good nose for the goal, and I'm able to finish well when I get in those positions. So I think it just kind of depends on the flow of the game and maybe the personnel we have on the team. Obviously this year I played mostly forward, but that's because we had two great players coming on the left side and Michael Sowers and Alex Shinsky. and last year we might not have had those two guys, so I had to rotate from up top and out left a little more, but I think I'm
1: able to do both. As far as the draft itself, how much have you thought about that day? And there is a possibility that you could be the number one pick. Uh, From what I'm hearing, DC United's definitely considering you. You're one of the players that's on their board as far as an option at the number one pick. Have you thought about that possibility, and what do you think draft day is going to be like?
2: Well, first, obviously draft day it's going to be a special, special day for me and my family. And as far as the hard work and countless hours and travel we put into soccer, it's going to be something special. And I, I look forward to it. And I really want to enjoy that. And as far as where I go in the draft, I haven't thought too much into that because, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to sign the contract and I know I'm going to be on a team somewhere, which takes a little bit of the pressure off. And I'm excited for that. And I just want to go as high as I possibly can because I think that's what all players want to do at this point. They, they want to play as well as they possibly can in the combine and show to the teams throughout the league that they deserve to go high in the draft. Uh,
1: are you just, as far as combine goes, are you just glad to be getting getting out of the cold weather and uh, escaping <laughs> Florida? You gotta admit it's it's pretty it's pretty cushy to go down to Florida for a few days.
2: Yeah, I mean obviously the weather is great, but I tell you what, doing this kind of little period between seasons I'm pretty restless I want to get with a team and start playing with some other guys it's tough you know you're playing pickup games and you're trying to stay in as best shape as you can but there's nothing like getting out there with some other players and you know mixing it up
1: as far as the draft I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit on the draft Uh, you you obviously played against some of the best teams in the country and some of the best players if you had the number one pick who would you take number (laughs) one other than yourself so excluding yourself who would you take number one
2: Number one, that's that's a tough question. I, I would probably, I think, if I was going to pick number one, I'd want to pick the overall best player that I that I played against and who I would think would be the best player to come in. I, I'd probably say you're not even eligible for the draft. Obviously, homegrown, but I I'm was very impressed with Harrison Schiff. But I played him twice this year and uh, he's a great player both times. Definitely somebody I could see succeeding on the next level, and he's just he's so dynamic. And he he doesn't have maybe the physical stature that will blow you away, but he's strong on the ball. And I remember the first game we played him it was very tough to get the ball off him. So I think if I had the opportunity and he was available in the draft, which unfortunately is not, not, I would pick him.
1: He's not in the draft, so you can't pick him. You have to, you have to. You have to, you have to <laughs> somebody in the draft, so you're not getting away. You're not getting away with that one. Uh, somebody in the draft. You've hmm. seen a lot of the guys who are actually in, in contention from. Steve Birnbaum, Christian Dean, even, even your teammate Shiloh is in that mix, top five.
2: Uh, Definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, if I pick Sheila, you're going to say, of course you're going to pick <laughs> Shiloh, you know, your strike partner, and, you know, you put me on the spot here. I mean, I love for my, my good friend up top to do well in behind the draft. I, I, I w- I'm very impressed with uh, Dean. I thought he was a great player. We played him twice this year and such a strong defender in the back, and, you know, As a lefty myself, you know, I really admire other lefties in the game, especially left center backs that have the ability to, you know, pass out of the back. And he was, he really, he he blew me away a little bit in the first game. You know, I I thought he was a great player. And obviously, throughout the season, he had a great year.
0: Patrick, talk a little bit about New Orleans. I'm sure you're one of your Saints fans, so I'm sure you're cheering for them against the Seahawks this weekend. Uh, But talk a little bit about coming out of Louisiana and New Orleans, living through Katrina and all that, and becoming the player that you are now.
2: Yeah, it was. Definitely a interesting experience going through Hurricane Katrina in terms of, you know, I was at a, a pretty young age, just about to start up eighth grade and kind of making that transition from elementary school into high school, and I was just from for my home, so that was definitely a challenge to overcome with my family and soccer as well. You know, soccer, it wasn't a given at that point. It was something that, you know, I cherished because it wasn't something I was able to do every day, and I think it helped me learn that it was something I truly loved and it was something that I wanted to embrace and love to do every single day that I had the chance. Because, like I said, in that time period, I didn't have the chance every day to play, and it was something I really learned that I loved.
1: So, so just going back to that time, I mean, did you? how long did you go without get, being able to play? I mean, obviously there were more important things you had to worry about, like where you were going to live and all that. But, but Yeah, definitely. Was it, was it I mean, eight, eight, I don't, months?
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think I played for about a month and a half, maybe two months in that period there, because obviously, like you said, everybody that was on my club team, they were you know dealing with their own families, trying to figure out where they're going to live, whether or not they're even going to come back to the city at all, and those were decisions my family had to make as well. So it was kind of a tough period, but I was lucky wherever I was with my family throughout Louisiana area. There were club teams there that took me in and allowed me to train with them and you know get to play with the ball.
1: Uh, just, uh, just one last one for you. I know we asked you about positionally. Uh, where haven't you played positionally? It seems like that you, you've been all over. I even had, I actually had one GM. I'm not gonna say who it is. That one GM tell me he could see you being uh, an outstanding attacking fullback and maybe even going to Europe one day as a fullback.
2: <laughs> so, so you're gonna
1: get all kinds of questions about that kind of stuff. So, where, where, yeah. ha- where haven't
2: you played in your career? I would say probably goalkeeper and anywhere. Well, actually, no, I haven't played on the right side, right midfield some, but probably goalkeeper, right back, right center back. That's probably about it. I've played just about everywhere else. All
1: right, and the last one for you, have you picked the suit out yet? Because that's a very important part of this whole thing. The suit that you wear on draft day, have you picked it out?
2: Well, it's trouble. I actually have to pick two suits because I'm going to St. Louis on Friday night, obviously for the Mac Herman ceremony, which is going to be a great night, and a suit for that, and then a suit for draft day. So I'm double under the gun here. Everything's all pressed, and I'm good to go. Who
0: who helped you pick these out, the suits?
2: Uh, you know, a combination between mom and girlfriend. You know, they they like to think that they know what <laughs> looks best on me. <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: they they're usually right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. They are. <laughs> well,
0: Patrick, man. Well, thank you so much for jumping on the program with us. Best of luck the next week. It's I'm sure going to go like a blur, man. Good luck with everything.
2: Thanks a lot. I appreciate it,
0: guys. Well, Patrick Ivis, that was an excellent interview. I, I got to say, the one thing that this show does well, Ivis, is bring you is br- bring the listeners the up and coming college prospects, as we did last year with Eric Zavalletta and Andrew Farrell
1: and Walker Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah Walker Zimmerman. He... I forgot about that. Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? He's. Uh, I, I tell you what. Say what you want. Scouts to say what they want. About whether or not he should be the number one pick, but I can tell you what I, I for me, I think he's going to have a long career. Uh, I think he's a skilled player. I think he's a smart player, yeah. uh, polished, and you know whether he's playing out wide, whether he's playing up top, whether he's whether someone does convert him into an attacking fullback, he is going to have a long pro career. And and he's and anyway, he's already a polished uh, you know polished speaker, mm-hmm. and a, you see, he has some personality to him, which hey, the league desperately needs it. It needs he needs some more players with some personality. That I agree.
0: Uh, One thing about Patrick, though, man, watching him play, I like how he attacks players, Ivis. You know, it's nice to see that with the young, emerging American talent guys who can put their head down and go at players, not be afraid to make chances. Uh, You're right. I'm I'm excited to see how Patrick's going to do with the league. Speaking (coughs) of him, I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, I was going to say it's a little easier.
1: It's a little easier to go at defenders on the college level. No, of is, course,
0: but so. but it's nice oh. to see that determination, though, at, the, at that age that he's at least attempting that. You know, I mean, it gives you hope that it will at least hopefully translate to the next level at, at some point, w- whether or not be right away or or maybe later on his rookie year. You know,
1: it's good to see attacking American players always. Yes, thank you,
0: thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ivys. Well, speaking of Patrick, <laughs> uh, he and forty other guys will be heading out to Florida on Saturday for the Pro Combine. We talked about it earlier. You are going there. Give us a little primer on all the events that are going to be going on down there.
1: <laughs> it's, it's more than 40 other guys. It's like, I think it's like 50, 50 to 60. Eh, closer to 60, actually, because you're talking four teams. Uh, four teams of you know whatever it is, 15, 18. Um, but basically, it's, it's the, the, the top seniors and Generation Adidas players uh, will all gather down in uh, Fort Lauderdale at Broward, Central Broward Regional Park. Uh, for for uh, a series of games that uh, matches that'll take place on uh, Friday, Sunday, and Tuesday. And uh, actually, I, I got to tell you, I don't know if it's open to the public. It's been it's been kind of on and off. Like one year it was open to the public, another year it wasn't. And it's kind of been back and forth. Listen to the next show, and I will have more details for you because uh, I'll, I'll actually be down in Fort Lauderdale when we record uh, episode 103. Uh, but yeah, basically, the the format of the combine is uh, you know there's four teams they've already i think they've already been picked um the the, the coaches for these four teams they kind of have a draft they put four teams together and the teams play against each other on three over the course of three days and you have all the the coaches and the gms from around the league are there uh evaluating the players uh and um uh, it's a tough it's a tough setup because you know a lot of these players haven't been playing because it's you know you're in the winter and you can try to stay in shape but you're not sharp because you haven't really been playing so but it's still a good opportunity for for all these guys uh to you know kind of show what they can do uh so we'll be down there I'll be down there uh you know covering it and we'll, we'll have a few shows and and over the next uh I'd say over the next 3 shows we will be breaking down the combine breaking down the draft and obviously on SBI uh we have what you know in my biased opinion is the best coverage of the combine uh the end of the draft uh anywhere so if, if you want to know what's going on who's impressing who's struggling who teams might be looking at who you know you, you want to be reading SBI and you want to be listening to the SBI show. Uh, well, moving away
0: from Major League Soccer, we're going
1: to move down to Division Ivis and
0: talk NESL. Lots of news came out over the last 24 hours. Lena Silverbacks made th- th- the biggest news and the most interesting news. They announced Eric Guinalda as their technical director well, okay, let me take this back. They're, they're eliminating the head coaching position and allowing uh, Eric Winalda to manage the team while also working his job for Fox Sports. So he'll be communicating, I guess, over Skype. What do, what do you make of this move that the Silverbacks are
1: doing? It's weird. There's no other way to say it. It's really weird. It's bizarre. Um, look, I get it, right? Winaldo, he's, a, he's, a, he's an intelligent guy, soccer guy. Uh, a lot of people love him, especially in Atlanta. I can tell you, I was down, I was down in uh, Atlanta for for the NASL the Soccer Bowl in November when the Cosmos beat the Silverbacks in the final. And, you know, and and I got a chance to talk to Eric and see Eric in that environment, and they love him. He's like a king down there. He is at, literally a king in the Atlanta Atlanta soccer community. They love him. Um, but this whole setup, I mean, I'm sorry, it's weird. Basically, for those of you who who who, who you know haven't heard about it or read about it. They are not going to have a traditional head coach. He is going to run everything uh remotely. He's going to set up the training sessions. He's uh and he's gonna have assistant coaches that run the team, uh that you know, run the sessions that he sets up, and he's gonna be still in LA. Uh I don't I'm not sure how often he'll come in for games and whatnot, but he basically will be uh running the team from afar. And it's a weird I got I I don't know how to explain it, but it say it's a weird. It's weird, and that's what most people think. And you know, I already gave him a nickname on Twitter tonight. Uh, he, Eric Winall's new nickname is Skype Guardiola because that's pretty much what he's going to be. You know, he's going to be uh, you know trying to coach a team from uh, via Skype or however it is. And uh, this ha- th- tell you what: e- either Winall is going to pull it off, or it's going to be an absolute train wreck. Player mutiny. I mean, I'm sorry, I just don't, I don't. I, I, you need a coach. You need someone who commands the locker room keeps things in line, and they, if they're not going to have that on site, in person, it's just, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, I think it's going to, it could get really messy.
0: Well, the, and, and that's the thing that's interesting. It's, you, you almost think, like, for him, he has to choose one job. Doing both is, I don't feel like that's going to be a distraction. I, I It's just confusing to see. I mean, he always talks about he wants to be head coach. Well, if you want to be, I mean, you have to make the full commitment, I feel like, if, if another organization is going to put the time and money into the investment to hire you as the new manager.
1: Well, that's the thing, right? He wants his cake. He wants to have his cake, and he want, and he needed to, right? He wants he wants to keep the great TV gig, and who can who can blame someone for wanting to keep a cushy TV gig living in LA, right? I mean, who of, who among us would not want to keep that? But at the same time, he wants to coach. He has that itch, that coaching itch that he wants to prove to people that he can be a coach on a higher level and that he deserves an opportunity to coach in MLS. And yet, but you know what? Here's the thing. He, I, this th- this stunt it's not going to get it done. This stunt is not going to get him in. I don't I honestly don't believe this whole situation this whole thing is not going to get him any closer to an MLS job. It just isn't. I mean, you know what? Maybe he, even if he pulls it off, it's just such an awkward situation. No the MLS team's going to let that happen. So so how is that even going to translate even if he has success? Um it, it's not going to help him. So I, I worry for that team, I worry for the the fans. I mean, uh, this uh, from what I hear Fans are already worried about this about this, even though uh, most Atlanta fans love Eric Ronaldo. So I I mean, I don't know, man. I think it's a mess. I mean, they get rid of a, a really respected coach in Brian Haynes. Uh, and now they don't have a coach. And I, I think honestly, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna blow up in their faces.
0: Well, I mean, look, Ronald could actually probably stay in LA and just coach the USL Pro LA Blues,
1: Ivis. Uh you know, it's well, I don't know if he has any ties to that team, but that might be a more ideal setup for him. So I, you know, I, and here's the thing I would, I think, I don't think I'm alone in saying I, I, I wish, I wish Ronaldo could have his opportunity to not, not, not MLS necessarily, but his opportunity to coach a team, to run a team and show what he can do. Um, and NASL is a, is a good level for him to show that. I just don't see anyone giving him an an NMLS job until he takes over a team full time and has success and has some stability. And it's tough for him to 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 fill fulfill that while still holding on to this t v job and and you know what mm-hmm. it's a great t v gig who who you know what i mean like i i can't I can't blame him for this situation you blame the atlanta you blame the Atlanta folks for even like agreeing to it right i mean i'm not i like I don't think anyone is is, is should be upset at at winaldo for this what is looking like it could be a fiasco like I think it's creative like he, he you know was creative idea on his part but at some point someone has to say you know what this is not normal this is not you know I, I you know i found an interest in the in the release for it from atlanta from the silverbacks you know they called it progressive and and, and forward thinking and it's like it's uh, I don't i don't know many people who who are, who are seeing it that way i honestly don't so hopefully it works out uh, to some degree and hopefully when all they gets to show what he can do but it, I, you know what? I'm going to go on record and say I think it's going to be a disaster. No,
0: this this is the future, Ivis. Don't you see it now? You know, guys like Bob Bradley could manage five
1: teams through Skype. It's going to be like playing FIFA. Yeah, I mean, much. we could have, you know. Career uh, mode in FIFA.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think this is smart. It, it, You know, you, you get one manager, five teams. You know, I, I think it could be a good thing, Ivis. I, I think you're looking at it all wrong. What have you been drinking?
1: Are you, are you <laughs> uh, is it, <laughs> you've been a little vodka? What's going on over there? No, i
0: I've. No, no drinks at all, Ivis. None.
1: Uh, I forgot. Yeah, you don't drink. <laughs> exactly. I'm totally kidding, everybody. I just can't He's keep a... up with you guys. Uh, well, that's true. Moving
0: over to your New York Cosmos, Ivis. Danny Satella <laughs> has uh, pledged his future uh, with the co- with the Cosmos, signing another contract to keep him there for another year. What do you What do you make of this signing for a guy like Danny, who's con- come through so much? Uh, I mean, it's good to see him signing another contract after
1: a good first year back. Well, I think it's more than a year. I think it's a, it's a a it's a lengthy deal. He had an, he had a year left already on his contract, so the, the, this contract keeps him there for a while, uh, and, and it's a good step. You know, you, you you like to see the cosmos lock up a young player who who is who has shown so much and who's overcome so much and is a local product. And and if you're if you're Zetella, you know you don't mind staying with a team that gave you your chance. You know that that, that took a chance on him. And and yes, down the road, I, for me, I'd like to see him play at a higher level um uh, I, I don't mean that necessarily i think maybe if he can go back to europe down down the road then you know that'd be great but uh it, you know the cosmos are, are doing some big things and i think they're actually planning to you know make some more splashes on the international market obviously signing marco senna was a big step for them and yeah, i think they're gonna add a few more big pieces as well so uh you know what there, there's some big things there but I, i'm happy for, for Danny to tell i mean i you know for those who don't know like i you know me he and i go way back uh you know i covered him as a, as a as a freshman in high school i covered actually covered his his older brother uh as a high school player back in my newspaper days in new jersey and uh you know so i i mean i've known danny since he was really little and, and to see him grow up and overcome all the adversity and to get to this point now where he is a solid pro, doing well, and, and, get, and he's gotten his, his, his career back in line. It's great to see. Uh, it is.
0: I've got Ivis. Newspaper days. Those have been the good days for you.
1: <laughs> well, good in some ways, bad in others. There's a reason that I'm no longer in the newspaper business.
0: Yeah. Uh, moving down another division, depending on who you're asking, uh, Orlando City is thinking about moving their USL Pro team to Louisville. Do you think Louisville's good? I didn't never thought of Louisville as a soccer market. They do have a successful college men's team, but for soccer, I guess,
1: what do you think of that? Louisville absolutely is a, is a big soccer city. Uh, they have a really strong youth market there, and obviously, University of Louisville. Yeah, the Louisville program is uh, you know they get they get big crowds there. I mean, not as big as you know some of these California schools, but uh, there's they're, a pretty passionate following there. So it's a good market, and and if you're, it's a, I think it's a pretty shrewd move for for Orlando City. Uh, you you move your guys over that were part of this original orlando city team uh usL pro move keep them together move them over and then you keep that as your kind of feeder league feeder team and, and you keep your affiliations uh, so I think it's a good step absolutely so uh you know it, it seems I feel like every every other day you're hearing a new city adding a team on so, on one of the levels in the pyramid uh so it, it's great to see soccer's growing soccer's growing by the day.
0: I think it's awesome, man. Hopefully, uh, more more cities line up. It'd be, I think, it'd be great.
1: Yeah, there's just so many, so many, on so many levels. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna get Phoenix MLS, but you know what? We'll,
0: no, we've already established, <laughs> no, we've already established will never have. Yeah, Phoenix will never get a team. But but the other thing though, I would say, it brings up the question with all these cities adding teams. And some cities compete you know you have multiple cities competing for for MLS spots it brings up the the age-old question promotion and relegation it once again it brings it up and I for me I hope it happens. what do you think?
1: Well I've said it before and I'll say it again I don't think promotion and relegation is happening anytime soon uh, I think it's 10 plus years away I, 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 I've said 20 for a while uh, hopefully it doesn't hopefully it's not that far away but I'd say 10 to 20 years just because MLS is still growing still forming you got you, you have you have ownership groups buying in for 100 million dollars uh it's tough to 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 you know make the make those groups pay that amount and then tell them oh by the way we're going to switch to promotion and relegation i don't think it's going to happen anytime soon but you know at some point if uh you know at some point if if the lower divisions get stronger and the gaps close up a bit uh and and you get to a point where that where the it the hypothetical drop between MLS and 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 the NASL is not is not a death blow. Then I think you could see it, but again, that's still far away. Uh, I it, think it's interesting because it, since the new year, mm-hmm. I've had some some interesting Twitter conversations uh, about promotion relegation, and and I you know I've been uh, uh, I don't want to say advocate of pro, pro, promotion relegation, but I've been in favor of it at some point for for a long time. I, I've said it before. I'm not one of these, you know, overly enthusiastic promotion and relegation supporters, but I, I believe it could work. And on Twitter, I've actually gotten into it with both sides of the conversation. I think some, I think some people know uh, Ted Westervelt, the soccer reform guy. He is the loudest voice in favor of promotion and relegation, uh, although he, he, you know, his his reasons for it and his. Uh, his reasons for it being needed are a little out there and, and I don't agree with them by any means but we had a really good discussion uh on Twitter and uh actually what came out of that is is, is us uh, you know me telling him I'd love to get him on the show and uh, I have to give credit to to the, what the podcast uh Soccer Morning they had him on they had Ted Westworld on and they, had a, they you know they had a good discussion there that uh Peter Wilt from NASL from uh, in the 11 on and they had a good discussion and I think it'd be good to have to get Ted on and, and 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 him kind of give us give us the whole kind of spiel on it. And and you know but like I said, I don't agree with all the angles of it from his point of view, but I do agree on some levels that it could work. And uh so it'd be great to get him on. And then we could also get Dan Loney on, who uh you know, I, I had I had a nice discussion with him On Twitter, on the other side of it, where he's totally opposed to promotion relegation, he refuses to believe it could ever happen, and it was just like he was way too adamant about it. We went back and forth; it was great. So we got to get both those guys on and just have a discussion about it, you know. And it's an an interesting thing, you know. Is maybe it never happens, Mm -hmm. but I think it, it. I think it could lead to some interesting conversations as to why certain people feel a certain way about it, why some people are so passionately against it. Some people are so passionately, passionately in favor of it. So it, it, it's a it's a topic that a lot of people urge. Today. Well, for, look, I, I think you're right on ten years,
0: and and I think the NASL could possibly do try to want try do try, try to do one of those. AFL, NFL things where you're, right now we're already seeing. I mean, look at Minnesota, Ivys. You see two competing bids from two. I mean, not bids. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to say they're that serious, but you have two different parties interested in bringing a team. You have multiple cities that are in the running for that last MLS franchise. I, I could see ten years from now where NASL could possibly. I mean, I don't want to say how they'll do it. I Mean they could possibly sue Major League Soccer as a monopoly back backroom their way in. That could force it, or they or Major but League was, Soccer, but. but-
1: but Gary, I mean, NAS, the, the AFL NFL was not promotion relegation. It, it, no, but they're it, suing it to get into the
0: league. But they could—I mean, I'm saying they could sue for maybe something like that, and maybe MLS could settle on a promotion relegation system. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I don't
1: know how it's going to happen. I tell you what—I don't know how. I don't know the how, but I just happen—I—I—I I, I happen to think it could work in this country. If, but it, it, I think promotion relegation can work in this country. But it can—it can only work when. There are forty to fifty markets that are thriving and supporting soccer on a really good, strong financial level. Mm-hmm. When you get that, when you get to a point where the drop off from the top division to the second division isn't isn't a isn't a death blow, you can't have that. Like because you know like you know, you can't have it where a, a you know a team that that that's invested so much money. Uh, then drops down to a division and then the interest just isn't there and then that team fades away. You can't have that. And right now there's just such a disparity. It's not even, here's my thing, like I don't even get why people just like talk about it as a as a anytime soon thing because it's just, just ridiculous. Like the NAS, like the diff, the level, the difference in level between MLS and NASL in terms from a financial standpoint, it's just not going to happen. It's just not, MLS, you know, the, the teams that are buying in are buying in for so much money. They're not going for it. And, and, and why should they? Like these teams that have, paid their 50 60 70 million. Why in the world would they go into in, in for that now? It's not going to happen. So you know what? Like, like, we'll, we'll save this we'll save this for for when we do have a show, but I just want everyone to know I I do want to have a I do want to have that show. I want to have a show and I think in the, after after this two-week period where it's all about the combine and the draft, late January, early February, I'm hopefully going to get Ted Westervelt on, get Dan Loney on, both sides of the whole conversation. Uh, and, and, and just, let's just talk about it. You know, I, I'm curious to hear what people think about it. And, uh, I think there, my, one of my issues is like, it, it's, it's way too negative. It's become way too negative, uh, a discussion name. There's so much name calling and, 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 and no one, and no one can just have a serious discussion. And I, I, I for me, what, it, it was great to, to af, uh, amid all the crap when we finally were able to get down to it and have a good discussion uh, Ted Westervelt and I had a decent discussion on, t- on Twitter. We And, and we got, I, I I felt we got to the essence of what motivates this guy to be such a non-stop just proponent of it and just it, overbearing Twitter presence mm-hmm. on the subject. And I respect that. I respect the passion. You know, I don't, like I say, I'll say it over and over. I don't agree with a lot of his points and a lot of his theories, but I agree with the essence of what he is in favor of. So you know what? It was great to have that talk, and it was great to have a talk with Dan Loney, the other side of the conversation. So we'll get those guys on, and uh, just so everyone stay tuned, we'll get them on at the same time, of course, so we
0: can hear them get into it. I, I don't
1: know. Yeah, you know, we'll have to do the conference call. Yeah. That could be. I mean, come on, we're not going to have them go
0: separate times. That's ridiculous. They're going to go at the same time, and you and I will. We'll moderate the discussion. Yeah, we'll moderate. Yeah, to our best yeah, abilities.
1: Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll
0: see we'll, we'll see if we can pull that off. Yeah, <laughs> and we've reached the. End of the show. Since this is the midweek show, Ivys and I always do the SBI Q and A. You can send your questions on Twitter hashtag Ask the SBI Show at any time. Ivis and I always check when we do this part. Uh, first question is from Gary Robinson. Who play Who pays player salary during loan? All by one team or other, or a negotiated share?
1: It's negotiated. Uh, generally, if you're a team and you're loaning a player, you want the the team you're sending him to to play the full share and uh, a lot of times that that is the case but it is negotiated uh next question comes from matt
0: Orazem. what does seattle need to complete its roster and how should they use dempsey
1: that's a good question i think i mean i think if you if you if you go with the idea of, of having dempsey be your playmaker uh then you want to probably go get another forward uh you know obviously they lost eddie johnson uh they have you know what to be fair they brought kenny cooper in and tristan bowen in i think you get uh, obafemi martins kenny cooper uh and then lamar nagel can play uh, forward as well uh i think defensively they can use some help center back uh chad marshall has help there but i think they can use another another player at that position uh let's see where else on the wings i'd say on the wings they could definitely use some help um you know they, they they you lose a Rosales and and, and uh and I think a winger I think a winger would be a good addition for them center back and a winger.
0: Uh, next question comes from Kyle. Do you think the league colleges will find ways to deepen the draft pool
1: now that there are more homegrown players? Uh, I don't th- honestly. I don't think the homegrown thing is is having a huge impact. I mean, how many homegrown players are they going to end up signing at the at, when it's all said and done this year? I mean, you might have five or six. Uh, two have signed, and uh I know of one at least one that's going to sign uh, uh <laughs> i'm not going to say the player, but uh Seattle Sounders will be signing a homegrown player from what i've heard uh Ba-ba-ba-ba. hopefully I'll, yeah hopefully i 'll tweet out who uh before <laughs> this show airs and then i'll uh, and then you'll know who it is uh but then obviously, you could have Houston signing Sebastian Ibiaga, Chicago signing Harrison ship um so yeah there may there might be five or six um this is, it, this is a question for like ten years from now. I would say, no, honestly, maybe not even ten. Maybe let's say five, five, five years. All right. Well, well, here, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Right. The the higher end talent mm-hmm. is going to start to diminish, and you're already seeing this with the draft this year. Um, so it's t- it's tough to replenish that. Um, all you can do is have the development academy uh, do a better job developing players, and they are doing that. That there's a reason why this draft is deep with guys who can make rosters. Mm-hmm. It's deeper than and maybe any draft there, there's ever been with players who can make rosters. But in terms of like impact, like Donington Nagby type impact guys who, who are going to come in and, and be a really high-end player and right away or, or early years, uh, there, there's fewer of those guys. Or like an Omar Gonzalez, you know. Mm-hmm. There are fewer of those blue-chip guys. But there's still quality. There's still quality in, this, in the draft pool. Um, so... You know, I think obviously MLS now they they had this Caribbean combine and they're looking in. That's one way you can do it. You can look to maybe mine young talent in other markets, and that's something I think they're looking into. But in terms of 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 the the siphoning away of talent by the homegrown players system and the and the academy system, uh, there there is some of that. But it, it, I still, you know, I, I don't think it's it's gotten to a point yet, or it's anytime soon going to get to a point where. The draft is something that they're gonna do away with. Well, and the other thing
0: too is there's not academy teams in every single state. Look look at our guest today, Patrick Mullins. There's there's not an academy in New Orleans, and the closest one is uh, FC Dallas. So, I mean, like you said, our, our country's massive. Yeah, will you see some guys move towards homegrown players? Yes, but there's gonna always be guys that are gonna fall through the cracks. This country's way too big for everyone to scout all the talent. There's always gonna be guys. Uh Ivis, moving on. Next question is from Eric Is Dempsey's loan to Fulham good or bad? How do you see how do you see him? Wait, it says, "How do you see Home doing for Seattle and U.S. Men's National Team next year?" I guess it's, "How do you see Dempsey doing for Seattle and U.S. Men's National Team next year?"
1: Uh I could take the loan or leave it. I mean, I, I for me, I would like to have seen him in the in the in the national team camp. You know, I think, you know, is playing two months at Fulham really going to make him that much better? I mean, he's he's been there, done that. Uh So I, I don't think I don't think it is good or bad. I mean, as long as he's playing, right? If he's playing, then it's kind of like okay, you can see why playing at a high level, he's playing in a good league t- against tough defenses and the like. I, I, we've said it on the show, I've said it on the show before, my question is how is this going to affect him at the end of the year for Seattle? And I think that's something that is a is a legitimate question. Will he end up burning out at the end of the year by putting in this time in the Premier League early in the year? I think that's something that they, they you know, could end up coming back to bite him. Um, but that being said, I, I think he's going to do much better this year. I think anyone who wrote him off because he struggled last year, I think is a little coolest. Because I think you know it, it's a tough, it's a tough transition to go from you know playing a full spring, jumping into the national team setup, and then not and then coming straight to MLS, not having a preseason, not being familiar with the team, having to hit the ground running. Uh, he just never got his rhythm. He never got it going. I think I think this time around, I think he, I think he'll do well. I think he'll do much better. We'll see more of the Clint Dempsey. Uh, that we, that we would have expected. And having said all that, I, I, for me, I think you, I personally think, uh, to get, to see the, the, to see the best Clint Dempsey, I think it would have been better off having him go to national team camp and then having, having him go to preseason with Seattle, get familiar with his teammates, build that, build that familiarity and camaraderie with his teammates. I think that would have been the better way to go, but obviously he chose to go to Fulham. So that's ended up, that ended up being what happened.
0: Next question comes from Jorge Leonardo. MLS is emphasized well, it, it was seeking to retain their talent. Then how did it almost lose its golden boot winner?
1: That's such a dumb—I'm not even going to say dumb. That's just, Don't be mean, that's Ivis. Come on. It's, it wasn't the league's fault that Camillo tried to pull the stunt and had an agent who unscrupulously just tried to like mislead him into thinking that he was out of contract. How is that MLS's fault? Tell me how is that MLS as well. here's the thing. You can – uh, somewhat related to it, you can say, well, hey, if MLS paid its players like Mexico pays its players, then, Mex- then MLS players wouldn't want to go to Mexico. That's simple enough to say, but MLS is not going to compete with Liga MX with on salaries. It's just not happening anytime soon. It's not th- – there is so much money in Mexico – that you're gonna lose you're gonna lose players to Mexico. It's gonna happen. It can happen. And I'll tell you what, it's surprising that it hasn't happened more. Um, so if anything, I think MLS has done has done a good job of keeping uh Liga MX from raiding the coffers at MLS, raiding the talent pool. And there's some things that obviously you know can, can keep them from that, because not every player is gonna want to go to Mexico. Uh there are you know limits on on, on how many foreign players and all that. So you know like this this that whole stunt that whole incident is not MLS's fault it's Camillo's fault and his agent's fault
0: next question comes from Nate Pauline teams you think have improved or regressed the most this off season top 4 in west as of now how screwed is rsl
1: well i think dc united has improved so far quite a bit obviously they added mm-hmm. a lot of talent um i think seattle did a good job of, of, of reshuffling their squad and uh you know uh Addressing some needs, um, so I'd say, and I don't know about Salt Lake Bay's screwed. I mean, take it easy. You know, look, Jason Christ is a great coach. You know, they're going to miss him, but the talent is still there. I mean, who did they lose? Right? I mean, they, their squad is fine. Their squad is going to be right there. I won't put an order on it, but I'd say the top four for me uh, is still the same top four. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, you know, oh, you know what? Maybe Colorado could break in, mm, um, but yeah. but I'm going to go. I'm going to go Portland. Uh Portland, Seattle, mm-hmm. L- uh, LA and RSL. Yeah. I think in that I think that's the top four. Colorado, if they get the right coach to replace Pareja, and it could be Robin Frazier, if it is Robin Frazier, I could see Robin Frazier working some magic with that squad. And maybe they break through. And if one of the teams falls has a falling off, if LA falls off uh, you know, in a World Cup year with with you know their their top stars being away, maybe they have maybe they fall off a bit. Uh, but that, yeah, I don't think it's going to change that much. I don't think RSL is going to fall apart. They still, they still got Ramon, Ramondo. They still got Beckerman, S- Morales, Sabario. Uh, they, they got everybody. they, they and Chris Schuler now. We, 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 you know, with that experience under his belt, he'll be that much better. Luis Gill will be that much better. Mm-hmm. Like, where are they going? Why? How are they screwed? Tell me that. They think about it. they if they were going to be screwed, it was going to be last year when they lost Will Johnson. Uh, Hamas Alave, Fabiana Spindola, when they lost all those guys, that la if, if it didn't happen last year, why do you think it's gonna happen this year when they're not losing any of their top players? Geez, i was, you'd think that you were the RSL fan. I'm just getting it real. I mean, I, I don't get that. I don't, and look, Jeff Kassar, uh, you know, what that, that, if there's a question mark, is how will he do as a head coach? He hasn't been one, you can't take it for granted that he's gonna do well. But I, if, if you're asking me to bet on it, I'd bet on him doing well. I mean, I think he's a smart guy. The, the, the players love him. Uh, I think he'll do all right. I think he'll do well. Uh, next question comes from Andrew. Last World Cup, there was a lot
0: of press on USA-England rivalry. Is it, is it fair now to say the U.S. has advanced more than England?
1: Uh, the wording on that is a little tricky. Uh, has the U.S. made more progress in the past four years than England? I think, you could, I think you could argue that. I think the U.S. is much better now than they were four years ago. And I don't know if the U.K. is, is, is so much better than they were four years ago. Um so you know what from that if you if that's what you're asking me yes i think the u s as has gotten better has has uh made more progress in the past four years uh
0: the final question comes from david zeller general thoughts on m p l s developments
1: uh well as you all know as you may have heard Minneapolis has become the the epicenter for m l s expansion talk over the past week or so, and uh now there's now you're talking dueling. Uh, p- groups that are interested in bringing MLS to Minneapolis, and I've said it before, I say it again. Minneapolis is one of the better markets in the country that doesn't have a team yet. I think they could do a great job of of, of uh, supporting a team. They have a great fan base there. Uh, that w- one of one of the the biggest areas for for SBI readership in the country of non MLS markets. So. Uh, and of course, that's the most important thing, right? Um, so I think I think it's great, and, and from what it sounds like, you know, it, this new this group that that has the Minnesota Twins and it has the NASL uh, team involved. That I think for me, and I think for a lot of people, would probably be the better of the groups to to maybe guarantee yourself suc- a successfully run soccer club. But uh, you know what? It's great to see that there's that much interest, and Minneapolis is absolutely looking like the front runner for number 20 for team number 24.
0: It's, it's, it's crazy. I was to think just how much this is all heating up. I I, probably in two weeks from now, we'll probably hear of another city that, that will just pop up out of nowhere. Well, I'll tell you
1: one thing. Uh, if anything comes to the Montreal, uh, Montreal, the Minnesota, Mm uh, gaining steam as team 20, potentially team 24, hopefully it puts pressure on some of these other markets to step it up. Uh, St. Louis, uh, San Antonio, You know, if you want to get in, if you're not in the – if you're not on – if you don't make it into that next group uh, in slots in, you know, 21, 22, 23, 24 – well, 21 uh, is already Orlando City. But, you know, you're figuring if things go well, Mm -hmm. Miami, Atlanta, and now it's looking like uh, Minnesota. You want to – if you don't get in that group, if you don't get into the top 24, you could find yourself waiting a long time to get into the league. So – uh, the the pressure's on, and it's and and with so much interest in the sport, uh, I, I think it's just great to, to see this many markets uh, have soccer.
0: I agree. I I think it's outstanding. The, hey, the more the more the merrier, Ivis. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that wraps up the show. We uh, I think we like as always we I
1: think we covered everything. Yeah, I think we I think that's good for now. We'll we'll be back on uh, Thursday night. We'll, I'll be I'll be down in Fort Lauderdale getting ready for the combine and uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about combine and MLS team needs heading in uh heading into the uh as we get closer to the draft. It's crazy, dude. It's
0: it, the draft is on Thursday, next Thursday. And then preseason starts like a week later.
1: Yep, yeah, there is no it's like there's no there, let's face it, there just isn't really a preseason.
0: No, there's there's not. You have you have two week winter break Christmas and New Year's.
1: There is no off season. There is no off season in MLS. It's just it just it's always it's a it's a, it's like a hamster wheel of action.
0: Like, well, this is how you increase fans, man. You make it a year, 12-month sport. That's what the other sports did. They make a lot of money. It's good Major League Soccer figured that out. All right, man. I'm going to let you go. Got to cut up the show. Hopefully I uh, don't mess it up this time. Uh, so, I guess you have, <laughs> you have a good night.
1: I wasn't going to bring it up, but uh, you know what? You're doing a good job. and uh, the I show was keep, sick. I, I, I was like, really
0: I... sick on Sunday. I was really delirious when I cut that show up. <laughs>
1: Well, I tell you what, folks. Uh, you know, it, the the I for me, I, I feel like the show's getting better, and the uh, you know, based on on what people are telling us, it sounds like it's getting better, and we'll we'll, we'll keep trying to bring you more guests, and uh, we'll keep trying to to cover more topics uh, every single week, and uh, I think we will hopefully be able to keep on this run of three shows a week, and uh, as I said in the last show, it, let us know who you'd like to have, who who you think we should have on. Uh, who you'd like to hear from. Uh, I know I didn't agree with all the suggestions that were made, but I like hearing them. You know, it, it gives us some ideas, and it, it gives us some directions to go in uh, going forward.
0: Uh, some some of them were pretty good. Some of them were...
1: <laughs> all some of them the place. Were a little ridiculous. I mean, I mean, one that I thought was pretty funny was, like, Ben Leiderman from the, the kid at Barcelona who was, like, 13, 14 years old, and it's like, what do you want to hear from a 14-year-old kid about on a show? Like, really, like, aside from the fact that Barcelona does not allow its 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 youth players to speak to the media so that that's a non-starter it's not happening right new york times did a story on the kid he wasn't even quoted in the story they talked to the parents we're not getting ben lederman uh another one right like if you're a do you want to come onto a show and talk about how your career is kind of not really going well at all like or how you're you know you've 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 been you spent the last year getting paid really well to sit on a bench. Like, like what, what, what is he supposed to say? Like, so I, I would say look for people with interesting stories and who also sh- would be good interviews. You know, like, the, and I think there are enough people out there. We're gonna, we're gonna try to, you know, find them. We're, we're definitely gonna have, uh, you know, so, some of the top players in the MLS draft uh, over the course of the next few shows. You know, we're we're hopefully gonna get Christian Dean on and uh, Steve Birnbaum would like to get him on and uh, you know get get. Get some insight into these guys before they become pros.
0: I, I thought the best one was someone mentioned the uh that actress from Modern Family from Colombia. Who, who is that?
1: Sofia Vergara. Yeah, we
0: should. Someone said we should get her on the show to talk about uh, Colombia's World Cup chances. I think we got to make that happen.
1: Well, you know what? <laughs> it would never happen. But even but if it could, I think we'd have to wait for until we actually have a video show in there because it'd be a waste. <laughs> it'd be a waste just to get her voice on the show. Let's be honest.
0: Well, and then you know we will we, well, I think we'd have to block our faces out because I mean no one would want to see us.
1: Oh come on, dude! You're you're, you're a future uh, TV star. That that. is true,
0: Ivis. You did tell me that I looked like a uh, what was it? A young Brad Pitt in uh, Kansas City.
1: (laughs) I think it was young Alexi Laiho. Or or was it? Or was
0: it Leo? I couldn't Leonardo DiCaprio. I couldn't remember which one it was.
1: (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, Yeah, well you know you you might be a little short for TV. You know you're only five five. So (laughs) this guy. I'm just kidding. He's 5'8", everybody. Yeah, He's but that's
0: five. on a good day, though. Some days I feel 5'7". Like, do you have days like that? Like I, I wake up some days and I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm slugging it. But day, some days I wake up, and man, I feel 5'8", today. I don't
1: know. It, must be, it depends on the heels you're I think, wearing. Yeah, but... I think
0: that's a short person thing.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm done making an ass of myself. Ivis, I'm going to let you go, man. You have a good night. I'll talk to you when you're in Florida, all right? Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. This is The SBI Show.